So we are so glad that you are watching today's message. And I want to tell you, if you're watching or you're listening on Spotify, this is perfectly designed for you because we had a little technological malfunction and uh, you are getting this message just for you this morning uh, or whenever you're watching it. So we're glad you're here. And one of the things we've been doing over the last few weeks has been celebrating all that God has been doing in our church. This is a season of generosity for our church. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, we donated $3,000 to Barbecue Mission, which helps feed the homeless in the valley. Last week, we donated $3,000 to the Desert Edge Theater Department. We also gave $1,500 to Randy, who is the maintenance guy, as a retirement gift, and that was so fun to be able to do. And then today, we actually passed out $25 Amazon gift cards to every person in attendance, 18 and over, so that they could use it if they needed it, and if they didn't need it, they could give it to somebody in the community who does. Last week, uh, we also had 13 people take their next step of baptism, which was awesome. So we're celebrating all that God is doing, and we believe that God wants to use us as a blessing to be able to bless other people. And to date, we've also given over $13,000 to people within our church who are struggling with rent and utilities and all of those different things. So we're celebrating all that God is doing, and we love being a church who is generous. And as a church, we always want to model corporately what we ask for people to do. So whenever someone gives to God through purpose, the first 10% is always given back to uh, the community, local, national, international partners, and also in benevolence for people within our church. And uh, that is going to lead us to Sunday, December 10th, is going to be our Kingdom Builders offering. So if you're watching this, you're listening be praying and asking about what God is calling you to give. What we learn in scripture is that the tithe is what we bring back. That's the first 10%. That's not giving, that's bringing back to God. And anything over and above a tithe is an offering. And uh, we're praying and believing that God is going to provide uh, an opportunity fund for the future home of purpose, $24,000 for the pastoral shortage in the United States, and $5,000 for our kids cap, and $100,000 for uh, to pre fund our blessing fund in 2024. So if you want to participate, go to purposearizona.com slash give. Uh, That's always the best and easiest way to give. If you've got a Bible, wherever you're listening from, watching from, open up to Nehemiah chapter 2. We're in the third week of our series called Move with Compassion, and we're asking the question, what does it look like for a church who is radical uh, with their generosity and their love, and what does it look like for you to live out the God-giving calling that he has for your life? The way we've defined passion over the last couple weeks is by it. It is the indefinable thing that someone has who walks with God. In fact, maybe you've walked into a church before. It was completely packed. But you cannot feel the presence of God. We pray that whenever someone shows up to Purpose Church, they can feel the presence of God, that we can be defined by it. A person can have it, a family can have it, a church can have it, and dare I say, a nation can have it, and we're praying that God would bring it back to us, and he would bring it back to you. So that is my prayer for you this morning. And if you want to experience God's purpose in your life, you're going to need it. Yet most people, they miss it. Most people think of it as kind of a motion when really it is rearranged priorities. So I want to give you an example uh, as we get started here. Uh, Back in 2004, there was the Olympics. There was a guy named Matt Emmons. He was the greatest marksman in the world. 
One person said that Matt Emmons uh, was a better marksman than Michael Jordan was a basketball player, which is true because LeBron James is the GOAT, okay? Don't at me wherever you're watching from. And going into the Olympics, they asked the question, who's going to get second, not who's going to win, because Matt was going to win. And as Matt was doing this, he's in first place. It's a three-position event. Shoot from standing up, shoot from your knees, and shooting from your stomach. He goes into the last round. All he has to do is hit the target. And if he hits the target, he's going to win. These guys don't ever miss the target. They don't even miss the bullseye. So he aims, he shoots, he fires. And then something terrible happens. He hits the wrong target. And he ends up not even meddling. And this is a metaphor for most of our life. For many of us, we miss out on the calling that God has for us because we have a target that isn't the target that God has for us. And we hit the wrong bullseye. Most people hit a target that God never actually called them to hit. And the worst type of failure is succeeding at the wrong thing. So what does it look like for us to live a life where we're created by God on purpose, for a purpose, and what I want you to know is that you're never going to be happy, you're never going to be fulfilled without living the God-given purpose that you have. Doesn't matter how good looking you are, doesn't matter how rich you are, doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have, you are created for a purpose and we want to help you live that out. So the title of today's message is this, How to Fulfill Your Purpose. How to fulfill your purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some of you, you need to hear this right now. You may have been a mistake to your deadbeat dad, but you are not a mistake to God. You are God's masterpiece. He's created you with a purpose and for a purpose to do the things he planned for you a long time ago. Before you were born, he had a plan for you. God didn't look at you and just think, man, what am I going to do with that one? God knew what he wanted to do with you. That's why he created you the way he created you. So in Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going to see three steps that if you live out, that you're going to discover and fulfill your purpose. So here is step one. To fulfill your purpose, you have to discover it. I know this one seems pretty obvious, but Nehemiah discovers his purpose at the intersection of three things. So here's the first thing. It's your passion. Your passion. And this diagram is going to be behind me, and uh, you're going to go ahead and see these three different intersections. Here's what Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 says. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, says, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? So context, Nehemiah is a prisoner of war for Persia. Persia destroyed, destroyed Jerusalem and Israel where Nehemiah is from. And he's looking at this and he's saying the city of God is destroyed. The people of God are unprotected. And it's breaking my heart. So the first question, if you want to figure out your purpose, is this. What breaks your heart? Like, what purposes of God do you cling to? Negatively, question, think about this. What can't you stand? 
Like when you see that a righteous anger just boils up in you and you say, I got to do something about this. It shouldn't be this way. One thing we have to know is that not everything in heaven has your name on it. Not every uh, thing that you have to do. Like, like God has something specific for you. For instance, my wife and I were very different. Uh, my wife, her purpose, she has way more empathy than I do. Like her dream job is putting hats on little babies after they're born. She would foster or adopt every child if she could. Now, I love kids. I love my kids. Um, but it's a little different when it comes to me. I love leadership and organizational structure and figuring out how to help people go from here to there. Like my goal during this message is to help inspire you to take a next step in following Jesus. The question for you is, what breaks your heart? Is it people far from God? Is it the next generation? Is it the homeless? What is yours? So there's passion. The next one is this, your personality. Your personality. Nehemiah chapter 111 says, Now I was cupbearer to the king. Nehemiah's job was to drink and eat the food before the king so that if it was poisonous, he would die, not the king. Not totally sure what the job satisfaction survey was going to be on that one, um, but he was great at it. He also was a part of the king's court. He was the chief of staff, so he had uh, leadership acumen, and he knew organizational structure, and this leads us to the question that you need to ask if you want to figure out your purpose today. What are your gifts? What are your gifts? It's not just what you want to do, though. It's what you were designed to do. I love to sing. Nobody needs me to lead worship. I would love to be able to, but I'm not good at it. And if you want to know your destiny, then you know you need to know how you're wired. Uh, when you think about it, and as I was kind of thinking about today's message, uh, have you ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia? There's four kids, they're given four gifts by Father Christmas, and they have no idea why. And they don't know until they go into battle against the White Witch, and then they realize that Aslan gave them these gifts for the battle. Lucy realizes she was given ointment so she could bind up the wounds of people who were fighting. Peter was given a sword to fight. They figured out that Aslan gave them what they needed for the fight, and it is the very same thing in your life. If you want to figure out what God wants you to do, figure out how God has wired you, and then you will know what to do next. I heard this story from a pastor in New York. This man comes to his church. He's radically saved. He was a drug dealer. They sit down. They get lunch. He says, what are your gifts to this drug dealer, even though he didn't know he was a drug dealer? And the guy's like, I, I don't think I have any gifts. He means, he's like, what are your skills? And the drug dealer's like, I don't know if I have any skills. He's like, what did you do before you came to church? And the drug dealer, former drug dealer, didn't really want to say. So here's what he said. He said, I'm in a pharmaceutical distribution. And the pastor ends up like diving a little bit deeper, figuring out that he's a drug dealer. He was a former drug dealer, but he learns that he's got great street sense. He's got great leadership capabilities. They disciple this man. He eventually becomes an executive pastor of this church, leads the church, and uh, the church ends up growing. Here's the deal. You have been given a gift by God. And the question is, how are you going to use that gift? God wants to use your gift in photography. God wants to use your gift with singing. God wants to use your gift of teaching to help build his kingdom. As a church, we want to help you live out this gift. That's why we always talk about growth track. It's a way for you to learn about your spiritual gifts. Our next one is December 10th. We'd love to help you get plugged in.
Here's the next part. So you have your, you have your passion, you have your personality, and then you have the problem. Nehemiah chapter 2 says this, why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried uh, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Nehemiah is looking at his homeland and saying, if they don't have a secure border, they will be attacked. We need a wall so that this city will not be ransacked. This isn't a want, this is a need. Now you need to look at this. When, go ahead and, yeah, go ahead and go right here. So when we look at this, we got to take a moment to pause because your passion and your personality, that's focused on you. What do you like to do? What are your gifts? What are you good at? The problem is the need. This is what God wants. This is the need that you need to step into. So the question is, what is the need? One of my biggest pet peeves is when churches call their serving teams volunteers. I don't like that word very much for churches, okay? It's not a bad word, just not in church. Because the Bible uses the word servant. Jesus was a servant. There's a difference between being a volunteer and a servant. Volunteering is about your fulfillment and how it makes you feel good. Being a servant is about God's kingdom and doing whatever he's called you to do to build his kingdom. Volunteers ask, what can I do that makes me feel good? Uh, Servants ask, where can I help to make a difference? You see, Jesus died for you, but it's not all about you. It's about his glory, and it's about his kingdom. So as Christians, we have two responsibilities. One, it's to live out our faith and live out our purpose Monday through Saturday. Two, it's to build God's kingdom on Sunday, being part of the family of God at church and helping create a space where people can come to know Jesus. So if you're watching this this morning and you've called Purpose Church your home, you've been part of Purpose, you've been coming for a while, it's time to get plugged in on Sunday. It's time to start serving and using your gifts and opening a door and pouring yourself into the lives of others. For some of you, it's time to get plugged into kids ministry. Kids ministry typically is 85% female. My dream is that is not the case here at Purpose Church. Why? Because if kids grow up their entire life only seeing women serving them at the church, they're going to think that Christianity is just an effeminate religion while it's not. We need a group of men who are going to step up and say, I'm going to pour into the next generation. I'm going to pour into the lives of the next generation. I'm going to hold a baby. I'm going to hang out with some toddlers. I'm going to lead a, you know, an elementary group. I'm going to hang out at the door. I'm going to be a presence for kids to know that being a man, the most manly thing they can do is follow Jesus. So my challenge for every man watching this right now or listening, be part of Purpose Kids. Serve three to four times a year. Not even asking every week, every other week. Three to four times a year and pour your life into what God wants for you. If you're ready to get plugged in, you can go to PurposeArizona.com slash surf. Now the, the dream that I have for you when it comes to our life is really the last part of this diagram. Is that Your passion, your personality, your problem, your purpose meets in the middle, okay? That's when you realize you're doing what you were created to do. Here's the next step. Step two is to fulfill your purpose, you must walk by faith because it's going to require faith. You're not going to be able to do it without God. Nehemiah couldn't. That's why in Nehemiah 2.2, 2, um, it says, this is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. Nehemiah was a real man who had real doubts and real fears, and he should have. I'm going to give you some like very specific 
gory information right now, okay? Nehemiah is talking to the king of Persia. They were a terrorist state. And here's some facts from historians about Persia at this time. After capturing enemies, the Persians would typically cut off their legs and one arm, leaving the other arm and hand so they could shake the victim's hand in mockery as they were dying. They would skin people alive, stretch, skin, stretch their skins on city walls. They would bury skinned people alive up to their heads, drive a stake through their tongues into the ground so they would die of thirst. I'm going to take it even further. This is the worst one. One historian even writes that at night they would make them listen to Nickelback all night long. People really laughed at that at the service. It was awesome. Um, but so think about this. Persia is in modern day Susa. Okay, that is, uh, Susa is modern day Iran, excuse me. So this little Jewish guy is making demands of the king of an Iranian terrorist state, a guy who slaughtered his brother to get the throne. When you step into your purpose, you will feel scared because your purpose should be so much bigger than what you could do by yourself. The question is, what do you do when you have fear? God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. So what do you do with your fear? You give your fear to God and you pursue what he has for you even when you're scared. God wants to help you fulfill your purpose. You might have doubts today. If you have doubts, you'd be a great disciple. Because Peter had doubts, John the Baptist had doubts, and Thomas had a nickname called Doubting Thomas. What do you do when you have doubts? You pick up your doubts and you follow Jesus. You follow the one who was raised from the dead and he will give you the answers that you need. Give him your doubts. You see, doubts are not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear paralyzes you. Faith produces action. When you come face to face with your calling, you will feel fear. You see, God told Joshua three times before he entered the promised land to be strong and courageous. Why? It's because he felt weak and afraid. Weak and afraid. Why didn't he have to be afraid? God didn't say, don't be afraid because your enemies are weak. Don't be afraid, Joshua, because you're awesome and you're attractive and you have a great name. So don't be afraid because I am with you. Every night my daughter, Quinn, asks me to pray that she doesn't have bad dreams and she's also scared of the dark, so I pray for that. She had a bad dream about a group of puppies a year ago and she cannot get past it. Now, when Quinn asked me to pray, I never tell Quinn that she shouldn't be scared of the dark because we live in a dark world. There is an enemy who is here to steal, kill, and destroy. There are some scary things in our world. But what I do tell her is, Quinn, you don't have to necessarily be scared when I'm with you because when I'm with you, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do everything I can to protect you where you are. If you're ever scared of the dark, Quinn, just walk over. There's a little light right there. And when you turn that light on, darkness has to flee. Fear comes from looking at your circumstances. Faith comes from looking at your sovereign Savior who is bigger than your circumstances. When God says don't fear, he's saying I am fighting your battles. Greater is you or greater is me uh, than 
who's in the world. Like God is in you today. Some of you may be thinking, but it's just little old me. God plus one is a majority. So what did Nehemiah do? He said, I prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah was looking at a bad king, but he knew the king of kings was on the throne and he could do anything at any moment. So it's time to get your eyes off your circumstances and get your eyes on your savior and realize that he wants to use you to make a difference. Here's the final step. Step three, to fulfill your purpose, you got to make your move. Make your move. Nehemiah 2.5 says this, I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Bold ask. Nehemiah is a prisoner of war. He's asking for time off, and he's saying, help me rebuild the city that you destroyed. The verse continues, it says, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. Nehemiah is bold. He says, not only do I want time off, I want a police escort and I want your charge card to go to Home Depot and get whatever I need. That's bold. Here's how he responds. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. Nehemiah understood his purpose. He overcame his fears. Then he made a move. Some of you, this is what you need to hear today. There is a time to pray and then there's a time to act. There's a time to have faith, and there's a time to have faith to move. When I was nine years old, my brother would have poker parties with like 50 of his friends, and they were in high school. And I started watching, and I got pretty good even as a nine-year-old, so I would start playing with my friends uh, when we were like 16 or 17. The problem was they didn't know how to play as well as I did, and they didn't know all the rules. So I would always have to be like, hey, here's the small blind, here's the big blind. And I would kind of have to narrate the game to make sure they were doing well. After like the fourth time of doing this, I was getting a little tired, so I stopped narrating, and I just sat back in my seat. And we're waiting minute after minute after minute, and nothing's happening. Like, people are talking, and I'm just like, are we ever going to play? Finally, someone looks at me, and they said, Josh, it's your turn. But it wasn't actually my turn. So I look back in a very snarky way. I said, you've been waiting all of this time, and you think this is my turn? It's actually your move. Man, some of you have a dream that God has placed in your heart and you've been putting it off. You've been hyper-spiritualizing all of the reasons you shouldn't do it. I'm still praying about it. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still waiting for the right time. And you need to stop praying and asking God for the right time when God is looking at you and he's saying, you need to do it now. You need to move now. You need to act now. Stop praying about it and start doing something about it. God wants to work in your life. God wants to do incredible things in you and through you. And you don't have to pray about something that is already clear in its obedience to just go do. Here's what you can know. When you step in faith, heaven will back you up. 
Faith activates the heart of God. In Joshua, when he took step in the Jordan River, man, it dried up. When Moses raised his staff, the Red Sea parted. When the lepers needed to be healed, it said as they went, they were cleansed. Faith activates the power of God. Don't just have faith. Have faith and actually move. God wants to move in your life. Some of you, you want to see God accomplish something. You have something in your heart that you want to experience for the purposes of God. It's time to move. A good plan executed today with passion is better than the perfect plan executed months from now without passion. Start today. I know for me, um, I just have huge dreams and visions for what I believe God wants to do through Purpose Church. And sometimes I don't even share them because they feel a little embarrassing. But when it comes to our church, I have a dream uh, that we will have a campus or a church that we planted within 20 minutes of every place in the valley. And that's a lot of places. We have a dream that our first Kingdom Builders offering, we're going to raise $200,000. How are we going to do that? I have no idea. But we serve a God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And money means nothing to him. He can do it in a second. One day, my dream is that we would be a church who gives away $10 million in our blessing fund in one year. We have a dream to see 100,000 people baptized right here in this valley. We have a dream of being a church that develops thousands of leaders and future pastors to go serve in the ministry all over the world. And when I think about those dreams, I can feel overwhelmed. But what I know is that in the midst of that, don't despise small beginnings. Dream big, start small. Some of you, you have big dreams, but you haven't started small. So have big dreams, but take a step of obedience today. I believe that God wants to work in your life. Now, I just want to remind you, if you want to know what success is, here's what success is. Success isn't about the future. Success is about being faithful now. So you want to be successful? Obey today. God has something individually for all of us. And I believe that in God's kingdom, he has something perfectly designed for you to do. So step into it. Be bold and ask for courage. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to work in your life. My prayer is that we can be a church that you can continue to come to where you can grow and you can learn and connect and know without a shadow of a doubt that God wants to work in your life. We want to help you discover your God-given purpose. So keep coming back, keep showing up, and let's keep diving into your personality, your passion, and the problem that you believe God has put you on this earth to solve. And I want to take a moment to pray for you right now. God, thank you for every person who's watched this YouTube video or listening on Spotify right now. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help them discover their God-given purpose, that you would help them live out their God-given purpose, that you would make clear what their passions are, what their personality is, and the problem that you've placed them on this earth to solve. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, what's up everyone? My name is Jess. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're so glad to have you. And hey, if you made a first time decision to follow Jesus today, we are so excited for you. It is the best decision that you will ever make. I wanna encourage you to go to our website, purposearizona.com slash connect card, and you'll see a connect card on the website. 
go ahead and fill that out. It gives us a little bit of information about you and helps us come alongside you and support you as you start this journey. Also, if you just wanna connect with our church or if you wanna invest financially in what God is doing here in the Valley, all of the information is on the website, purposearizona.com. And lastly, we meet in person every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Desert Edge High School, and we'd love for you to join us. Be sure to follow us on social media for any other updates. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.